I offer this podcast freely. Your support really makes a difference. To make a donation, visit ReneeMcKenna.com. Welcome to Spiritual Psychology. My name is Renee Lavalle McKenna, and I bring my 30 plus years as a recovering addict and ex crazy person turned therapist and shamanic healer to bring you snackable teachings on spirituality, psychology, and all things personal growth. And today I want to talk about resilience, renewal, and recovery. And these are what come on the healthy other side of death or loss, injury or trauma, illness or dysfunction. And it is often said that there are two opposing forces in the world, love and fear, which could also be viewed as order and chaos. And the dynamic tension between these seemingly opposing forces, I think they're actually complementary forces within ourself, in our relationships, in our living circumstance, in our culture, in our society, is actually the movement of the life force itself. The only constant on the physical plane is change, and we're either evolving or devolving, constructing or deconstructing, motivated by love or fear, moment to moment, in just about every area of our life. Internally and externally, the struggle between order and chaos in our minds, in our emotions, in our relationships, at our work, and in the natural environment as well. When we look deeply, we can actually see the complementary, interactive nature of order and chaos everywhere. So although they're seemingly inseparable, they're actually two sides that make a whole. We can see this in the biology of our body, in the breathing in and breathing out that we do every moment, the inflow and outflow of the tides, the rotation of the moon from darkness into fullness into darkness again in an endless cycle. They could also be seen as a cycle of death and rebirth. And the thing about cycles is that they actually continue, although we usually only name them once. So it's death, rebirth, death, rebirth. More death, more rebirth, death again, new birth. And I use those terms loosely, death being any ending or loss or change, and birth being what is generated, created, or discovered, growing on the other side of that experience. And one of the most problematic things about being a human is our desire for permanence or our belief in permanence our misunderstanding or ignorance about the wisdom of impermanence that permeates everything. Again, the only thing that's permanent is change. And aligning ourselves with that great fact, even having faith in it, that change is always available. It's always coming, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but there really is no such thing as being stuck, not in the long run. And in Buddhism, they speak about desire and aversion being the roots of suffering, wanting for something we don't have or trying to avoid something that we don't want, rather than living deeply in the present moment with what is. And the irony is that when we can live deeply the circumstances of our lives right now, that actually provides the most potent possibility and pathway for positive constructive change. And we all do this, I know I certainly do, wishing things were different, spending some fantasy ideas of what I want, rejecting what's actually happening in my life, 
people wishing or avoiding what's present by trying to medicate it, deny it, or simply being terrified that it will never change. And the irony is that hoping, wishing, wanting things to be different, or denying, avoiding, or medicating them actually keeps our circumstances more frozen than if we were deeply present with our own truth in relationship to the circumstances that we're in. The word fear in recovery circles has an acronym, fuck everything and run or face everything and recover. Or if you want a more G-rated version, you could say forget everything and run, but I still love swearing. Sorry. I don't have an acronym for love. If anybody has one, please send it to me. But usually we're avoiding chaos or what we're afraid of, wanting things to be more orderly or permanent. And that's totally healthy and understandable. We're actually built to move toward comfort and joy and away from pain and suffering. It's our own kind of genetically encoded desire to create order out of chaos. And this is a healthy function. Our bodies know how to heal themselves if we get injured. The injury being chaos, the healing being order. And just like our bloodstream carries an incredibly complex immune system to fight off invaders, to bring us into order and health out of the chaos of infection, the rivers, lakes, and oceans also have their own complex systems to cleanse and clear pollutants. There's a lot of existential angst that we are killing the earth, and I absolutely don't believe that we are that powerful. We are being called to grow and adapt to create more order in the way that we live as humans and becoming aware of the chaos that we are creating environmentally is part of that dynamic tension and a very healthy, maturing, and wisdom-creating direction that we're going as a species. My daughter's taking some environmental geography classes. We've been talking a lot about some really pessimistic statistics that they've been reading, basically that we're doomed and we're all going to die. And I suppose from one perspective, we are all doomed because no matter what, we are all going to die, individually and collectively. No species lasts forever. We're part of this infinite birth, death, rebirth, death, rebirth process. And whether it's rooted in fear or humanity's ego that we should last forever, certainly the life force wants to perpetuate itself and it is healthy for the body to heal and to want to stay alive as long as possible and to perpetuate things for those who come after. But death and endings are not the enemy. They are part of this regenerating wisdom process that is infinitely creative and generative, meaning it's always generating new solutions, new life forms. That's what evolution is about. That is the incredible mystery and power of the divine feminine, ever creative, ever loving, ever evolving, and producing new life in her cosmic dance with the potentiality of the divine masculine. The interplay of order and chaos could be seen as the lovemaking and new life creating forces that are always at work. And this is part of the reason I don't get too involved in human projections of what's going to happen in the future, because those are almost always based on the past, projecting that into the future. And over and over and over again in my life, I have been in circumstances and not been able to see a way out, 
and a completely unexpected series of events present themselves in a solution that is beyond my comprehension and absolutely perfect for my own growth and evolution. It happened when I got sober, completely unexpectedly, after years of drug and alcohol addiction, and this fat little Jewish woman came up and said, I think you're a drug addict and an alcoholic, and you should come with me. <laughs> completely changed my life. November 4th, 1987, I've never gone back. Had a little relapse a few months later, but that was not a redirector for me. It happened when I filed bankruptcy, got divorced after a ridiculously dysfunctional first marriage. And I took a trip and ended up meeting all these guys from San Francisco. Whoop! Complete redirection of my life. I was cleaning houses for a very long time, working my way through graduate school. And I started cleaning house for this woman who was also a therapist, a hypnotherapist. And in between cleaning her toilets, she started to share her work with me. She became my teacher for the next 14 years. The basis of the spiritual psychology work that I do today. The birth of my first child. I was born by C-section. I never bonded with my mother, but that wasn't just because of a C-section, trust me. But I didn't want to have a C-section. I got a midwife and a doula, got a birthing tub. I did yoga every two days, drank special tea. I ended up with a C-section. And it was exactly the birth that I needed. Healed me in ways that were absolutely unimaginable. Healed my relationship with my own birth and my mother. And I've learned I don't know what's best for me and continue to grow in my willingness to surrender to this incredible wisdom of the larger consciousness system that has my highest good in mind. And it has your highest good in mind as well. There is always hope. There is always renewal. There is always new life. And there's always possibilities beyond our imagination. Always. And I bring this up because one of my daughter's best friend's fathers died last week completely unexpectedly, 49 years old. And this girl is beautiful, smart, and an extremely hard worker and high achiever. And this death will be a huge reset in her life. And I'm a very compassionate person, and I understand sadness and grief and the pain of loss, but I have never felt that death is a tragedy, because it is the only thing we all have in common, and it is perhaps our greatest reminder of the impermanence of all things, including us. Death is one of our greatest teachers in life, perhaps the greatest teacher, calling us to live now to examine what's really important and to allow ourselves to be changed by these twists and turns of our own soul's path in this lifetime. When someone dies and we realize their money, their job, many of the things that they felt were important are completely superfluous. They're gone. They mean nothing. All of the things that we hold dear, that we want to be permanent, are impermanent. And that can call us to fear and chaos or it can call us to love and order. And this is where we do have free will. And we may oscillate between the two ends, and that's fine as well. But death teaches us to live now, deeply. And in the amazing grace that so often accompanies death, this girl's dead father wrote her a beautiful and heartfelt letter just a few weeks ago. The seniors at the school go on this Kairos retreat, and they've asked all the parents to write a love letter to their child. And those letters will be read at this retreat. The children are not supposed to know anything about it. And this girl's father wrote her that love letter weeks before he died. And the school was able to give her that letter, and she read it at his wake. 
And I don't understand, nor do I ever expect to, the mysterious unfolding of order and chaos of death and rebirth. But I know that when we live it deeply, it calls us toward love, toward order, and supports our growth and evolution to live fully and deeply this human life that we get for however long we're here. And so I encourage you to face everything and recover, to look deeply at the circumstances that are present and where are you being called to create order out of chaos and to cultivate love from the compost of your own fear. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is now available on YouTube, so you can check out my channel, Spiritual Psychology. Deeply appreciate any new followers if you're a YouTubian. I've started doing workshops on Insight Timer again, and I'm live streaming those on Facebook and YouTube, so you can check out my Insight Timer profile for upcoming live events. And if you'd like a free download of my book and guided audio, Allies and Demons, Working with Spirit for Power and Healing, there's a link in the show notes. Blessings on your path until we meet again. This is Renee LaValle McKenna for Spiritual Psychology.